morning's Old Testament lesson comes to us from the book of Numbers, a book we often like to skip right over. But in this particular portion of Numbers, the Israelites have been in the wilderness with Moses for some time on their way to the promised land. Um, There is not a lot of cheer in these weary travelers at this point in the story. And they're asking what's needed to go on. So listen now for our Old Testament reading from Numbers 11. The rabble among them had a strong craving, and the Israelites wept again and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic, but now our strength is dried up, and there's nothing but this manna to look at. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. And the Lord became angry, and Moses was displeased. And so Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated me, your servant, so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom, a nurse, as a nurse carries a suckling child. Carry them to the land that you promised on the oath of their ancestors. Where am I to get meat for all of these people to eat? For they come weeping and say, give us meat to eat. And I am not able to carry all these people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, Moses says, put me to death at once. If I've found favor in your sight and do not let me see their misery. So the Lord said to Moses, gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them with you to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said, and he gathered 70 elders of the people, and he placed them around the tent. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him, and he took some of the spirit that was on him, on Moses, and put it on all the 70 elders. And when the spirit uh, rested on them, they prophesied, but they didn't do so again. There were two men who remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the Spirit rested on them as well. They were among those registered, but they hadn't gone to the tent, so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. But Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Friends, this is the gift of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? 
Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come, shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Most of you know that I grew up in Kansas, and years ago, a tornado came through my hometown. And we were accustomed to tornadoes, that was sort of part of living in Kansas, but after the sirens stopped, we did what you do. We all emerged from our basements to assess the damage and to begin any work of repair that's necessary. And in this particular storm, there was one particular neighborhood block that it appeared as if the tornado had hopped up and down across the street. It had completely destroyed some homes and left others totally unscathed all on the very same block. Now, it was quickly determined that some of the homes on that block, in fact, all of the homes that had been spared on that block, were homes built by church partnerships with Habitat for Humanity. And everyone in town started to talk about the way these particular homes were saved. It's a miracle from God, people were saying. And everyone wondered whether God had placed some kind of particular blessing on these Habitat for Humanity homes differently than others on the block. But a few days later, as the storm settled, the insurance adjusters came out. They were pretty sure that God didn't work that way, and they were determined to figure out what had really happened. And shortly into their investigation, the answer became very clear. The houses built by volunteers and church teams had three times as many nails in the walls. They had survived the storm because so many hands, amateur hands, had literally made the house stronger by putting nails every two to three inches instead of every six to seven. It was a miracle of God of a different kind because it turns out that the whole village coming together is in fact stronger than building on your own. Moses needed that reminder this morning. Maybe we do too. We're taught over and over in the world to be independent and self-sufficient. It's your job to take care of yourself and your own needs. Society tells us that asking for help is a sign of weakness. Even strong leaders like Moses can slip into believing the narrative That being a leader means that the burden of care rests solely on your shoulders. If it is to be, it's up to me, they say. But this morning, Moses was feeling particularly burdened by the complaints and demands of the Israelites. They had been in the desert for a long time now, and they had reached that point on every trip. We all know it well where everyone gets just a little cranky. They had been hungry and asked for food. Moses had prayed and appealed to God, and God had provided. 
manna from heaven enough for each day. They had been thirsty and had asked for water. Moses had prayed and appealed to God, and God had provided water from a rock, refreshing their tongues and their spirits. But now it seems the Israelites couldn't be satisfied. They were bored of the manna and wanted the variety that they had back in Egypt. And Moses had had it. He'd had it with them, he'd had it with God, and in his utter frustration, he says to God, why did you put all of this responsibility on me? I can't carry it all on my own, and where in the world, in this desert, am I supposed to find meat for these people to eat? And this time, in his prayer of utter frustration, God's first response isn't, here, here's some meat the way he'd done with manna and water. This time God says, you have a team, go build it. Gather the 70 elders, bring them to the tent of meeting with you. It's as if God is saying, look around in front of you. You have a whole community to shoulder this burden together. And you have a whole community capable of providing for the needs of the whole together. Go, gather them up, watch what I can do when they work together, God says. And so Moses went and gathered that team, and they went to the tent of meeting where God's Spirit is known to speak. And this time, the Spirit rested not only on Moses, but on everyone in the tent, including some even outside of the tent. God's Spirit was a gift for everyone. And that transformative moment changed the life of everyone gathered in the tent that day and helped them realize that they had already been blessed by God and they had something to offer. So my question for you today is, what is your responsibility within this community? And how will you respond according to your ability. None of the leaders in the tent that day were asked to take Moses' place, but simply by responding to the invitation to go to the tent, they discovered that they too could be connected directly to God. To give of themselves that day transformed them from cranky travelers into prophetic, joyful contributors to this community in the wilderness. Because when we give, something changes in us. So just as Moses invited everyone into the tent, I'm inviting you in this season of the life of the church together, will you respond to God's invitation according to your ability? Maybe you're a leader in this community. Many of you already are a mission shepherd, an elder, a Sunday school teacher, an affinity group organizer. And maybe, maybe as that leader, you are feeling that burden of responsibility like Moses. Some of you have been leading these groups for a long time. And before that twinge of resentment and burnout lurks in the back of your head, God is inviting you in this season to look around and invite others into the tent with you. Maybe you're new to this community, 
and you're looking still to find your place. You're finding your footing here. Or your child has finally adjusted to going to the nursery or children's time and your hands are unburdened for the first time in a long time. Or maybe your child just started attending youth group and no longer wants anything to do with you here or anywhere. And so maybe you're free to do something new in this place. Or maybe you're recently retired or your child just went off to college and you feel a little bit lonely even, but you've got some fresh time on your hands. Maybe God is inviting you to the tent to see how the Holy Spirit is is at work, to offer some fresh vision that you have to this place. Maybe you're sitting out here listening to that list and thinking, I am full up full to the brim, life is busy and overwhelming, and I can't even imagine taking a break to follow Moses into the tent at all. Maybe you spend all your time schlepping kids to activities, including the ones at church, or work is in a season where you just are full up to here, or the weight of caregiving for an aging parent or loved one feels like a burden that is just too great to bear. And maybe that means in this season that the Spirit will come to you, like it did to Eldad and Medad, who were too busy even to go to the tent. But your vision and wisdom and hope is as vital to this community as those who have room to spare. You, too, have something to offer that is a gift from God who draws near to you. God's provision and blessing of the Spirit was there for Moses and the cranky Israelites and the caregivers in their community. And I believe that God's provision and blessing of the Spirit is here for us too. To experience it, the joy of it, requires everybody in the community to respond according to their ability. Just as everyone in the wilderness has something to offer when Moses asks, everyone here has some gift to offer. God's Spirit rested on all those in the tent, and even those outside the tent who stayed back at the camp to keep things running, because God's Spirit, it turns out, is lavish and generous and joyful, and it has a way of calling forth blessing question is, will you respond according to your ability? Maybe that response comes in your financial resource. It's October. You knew this was coming. When I was a kid, about the age of five, we started to get an allowance at my house. It was a sign from my parents that we were old enough to be a contributing member of the household, and I was really excited because it meant I was finally going to have money to put in that Minnie Mouse wallet that Velcroed shut. And so we would come downstairs on a Sunday morning to the kitchen, and my dad would have our allowance laid out on the counter, a stack for each of us, but our allowance came in very strange amounts. The first year we got $1.10. The next year was $2.25. See, my dad, would, when we came down, he would put out a dime, and a dollar, and one of those church pew envelopes. And we knew that in order to keep the dollar in the middle, the dime on top went in the envelope underneath. 
my parents were clear that we were being given a resource, my brother and sister and I, but we also had a responsibility to our community. And I think back on those days, and God bless the counting team that had to record a dime every week in the offering. But I was responding, even at a young age, according to my ability. Now, on behalf of the commitment team, I should say that we are praying for more than a dime. But the invitation is there for you to consider what your ability is. Maybe your ability doesn't come in the financial form at all, but it comes in your time and your talents. Last year on the all-church retreat, we learned that one of our newer members was trained in yoga for kids. And she graciously offered to lead yoga during the retreat, and we had really no idea how that was going to fit into the weekend, but we took her up on the offer. And it became clear that on Sunday morning... The parents needed time to get everything packed up so that we could be out of the lodge before checkout time, but that's a hard thing to do when kids are underfoot. And so early on Sunday morning, Brenda gathered all of the kids in the lodge and offered a time of yoga with kids. And she helped some very energetic four to eight-year-olds enter this time of calm and joy. And I walked in to see them laying in Shavasana with um, cotton balls on their tummy, listening to the song, If I Could Be a Cloud. And it was beautiful. It was a gift we didn't know that we needed, but it enabled the parents to pack, and it brought the kids joy. Another one of our new members made the mistake of sharing with an elder in the new members class that he is in commercial insurance. And they haven't been with us officially for more than two weeks before we had him reviewing our insurance policies for the health of the community and the building. God provides an abundance of gifts in this community, and this church is strengthened because of the ways individuals respond according to their ability. Everyone in today's scripture from Numbers ended up with a deeper sense of purpose and connection when they responded to God's call. God's call to be together. God's call to realize the way the Spirit rested on them. That God's call to give according to their ability. Even Eldad and Medad who were outside the tent were stronger because of the ways that they responded with the gifts they had to offer. Like Moses, the preacher's job each and every week is to help us point toward God, toward the God whose spirit is lavish and generous toward all of us. But this text reminds me that every one of us has the ability to respond, to witness to the way God is at work in your life. Next week, we will do just that, listening to three of our own share their own testimonies of how God is at work in their life through our annual This I Believe Sunday. But you don't have to step into this pulpit to do that. You can do so in Sunday school or Wednesday nights at Middle Ground or driving the van to in-town cares or writing a note to someone on the prayer list, or singing in the choir, or perhaps especially because of your financial resource, so that we have the staff and the space and the ability to do this all together. When I look around at Morningside, this church feels strong and vibrant in so many ways. 
And it would be easy to say that my help isn't needed here. We've got a great staff and capable elders, and folks seem to give plenty. But the truth is that we need each and every one of your gifts and resources for the sake of the whole. The real strength of this congregation is that we are on a journey together. And when the storms of life come, this house of worship will stand as a witness to God's love because everyone responded according to their ability. It might seem unnecessary or extravagant, but your extra ten nails in the wall of this place help us to be bound together to God. And when we all respond according to our ability, others will look at this church the way they did after the tornado, and they'll say, it's a miracle from God, and it will be. May it be so. Amen.